All right, everybody, welcome back. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> welcome back or welcome to BYOB, Bring Your Own Baggage. Today, I am joined by a very, very special pink-haired guest, um, and that is Natalie Abbey. Can I get a what, what? What, what? <laughs> I'm the one. I appreciate the one that you did that. <laughs> Natalie is a fourth year in Batten, double majoring in global development studies. She is the co-founder and... Di- <laughs> just take a second. I just need no, to take a deep do breath. your thing. That will 100% be me when you start talking to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's harder to read things that you have written out because I just try to like go through it so fast. True. And <laughs> it just sounds like I'm speaking in cursive. Speaking, um, <laughs> I'm speaking in italics. <laughs> <laughs> she is the co-founder and director of vision of Bridge which stands for bringing race into dialogue group engagement. Sorry, it's with group engagement. Oh, fuck. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that was totally my bad. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's like a really... <laughs> that actually makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you guys did that. <laughs> Shout out Dom for a title that is actually not coherent. <laughs> that that makes more sense. Even without it, though, I was like, that's really impressive. You know what? I really appreciate you giving it to us. All right. Time's the charm. <laughs> she is the co-founder and director of vision of Bridge, which stands for bringing race into dialogue with group engagement. Um, she is a member of Smart Women Securities, which is an all-women investment fund, a speaking center consultant, and a fun fact is between her and her sister, they have 10 pairs of Crocs and six pairs of six pairs of cowboy hats just six cowboy hats heck yeah we do guys speaking is speaking is really hard right now i don't know why i'm so tired considering we've got an extra hour of sleep you're doing great you're doing fabulous maybe that messed up actually no i do know why i went to the fair today with caitlin no that's so cute yeah it was terrifying oh my gosh (laughs) the rides were all making the craziest noises and i knew that going in but we went on this one like ride where you're like on a dinosaur but you're laying on your stomach uh-huh. and you go around in a circle and it's so high up it felt like we were on there for like 30 minutes you're i was wild so motion sick and like there's nothing like holding you in mm-hmm. so like i would keep no. slipping back i was gripping the bars like for my dear life and caitlin, Shot said, caitlin said she accidentally bit the headrest no she cannot be the first person to do that either that's even worse. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to blame. I feel motion sick from that. No, I'm that's fine fair. now. That's but fair. we got funnel cake and fried Oreos. I love it. So it was amazing. I love it. Um. So yes, uh, welcome, Natalie. Thank you for having me. So excited to. I'm so excited to be in this groovy room. Oh this. I mean, you have like a rack of clothes. That's not a closet. Yes. But it's like a part of the aesthetic. It's for I feel like. Of yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like that is elite. Interior I got that idea from skills. Farrah. I know I have to credit her because oh, so, if I don't, so you're the knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> Farrah's um, the knockoff from Pinterest. Is Justine is the knockoff of Farrah. <laughs> just for clarification, just on record. Um, okay, so the first thing that I want to talk about is yesterday you had your 22nd birthday party. Oons, oons. We haven't caught up from that. <laughs> Do you guys want to know how many people are in the group chat for her oh birthday my party? Gosh. This is going to be so embarrassing for me. 135. Well, listen, far fewer attended, so <laughs> no, I, I was very well loved. We had, I was surprised by the turnout. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. 
yeah and if you guys didn't know if you guys weren't exclusive enough with natalie to be invited to her party oh my gosh call me out in front of one everyone of please people, it was a themed birthday party and it was razzle dazzle and obviously everyone dressed up to the part most people for, yeah for the most part for the most part i feel like people tried yeah i did everyone who walked in i like pounced on them mm. because i've made sure i was told to be very hands off in the planning okay. um because i'm a meddler and if i'm involved yeah. then i will take over i can definitely i'm yeah. a team player when it comes to anything that i <laughs> like that, i swear i'm a team player. no i am i am but <laughs> just because it was interview? like my birthday like i would have i would have taken <laughs> yeah. over anyway anyway people who know me and love me well said you are actually cut out of any of any and all planning <laughs> activities um you were disinvited <laughs> they named themselves the planning committee and told me explicitly that i was not a part of it but anybody who walked in <laughs> who was not the group chat <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> anybody who was not dressed to the theme of razzle dazzle i pounced and i was like listen you did not dress to the theme get and out that's okay but let me tell you the consequences of your actions the door's right there true but possibly even better we had a vote um, and by uh, a vote, I mean I was the only one who voted um, <laughs> for the worst costume, the worst oh, razzle no, dazzle fit, if you will. Yeah, exactly as you would expect. Again, the consequences of your own actions. Yeah. Um, and I voted 100% vote, one out of one, for my roommate. I knew. Um, it. Who looked I hot as it. heck. Hot as heck. Um, Joy, I had no part of this. <laughs> this is at Joy Cuffy. Um, she looked absolutely stunning. So good. Not razzle dazzle in the least, though. <laughs> um, and so, as her punishment, she did have to don one of my three inflatable suits. And where um, did she really? Yeah, there's there's definitely footage. Oh my gosh! Wait, I want to see that. I will 100 percent show you. I will. I will take any excuse oh to circulate this footage. That is so... Should we post it on the BOB Instagram? I think we should. That feels correct. That Joy, feels correct. telepathically communicate with us right now if you're not okay with that. <laughs> All right, I didn't get anything. Did you? She... I mean, I told her when she left the house, I told her she looked absolutely stunning. Yeah. Hyped her up. But I said, yeah. you are incorrect about um, <laughs> the theme at this moment. And there will be repercussions. So I feel like... We will we will get consent oh for video footage, God. but she knew she should know that this is coming. That's so funny. Well, <laughs> it was a wonderful party, and it was so nice of your sister to host it. I know she that was is really absolutely sweet. an angel. And yeah. like shout out to Tala Romance, Joy Cuffey, Emma mm-hmm. Keller. They were just absolute icons. Yeah. Um, and and Sonia Piani, she they did so much for me. Yeah. And I just am so grateful for them. No, it was a wonderful. Very event. well loved, and it was a joint birthday party for sure. Let me let me. Oh yeah. Highlight my boy Abdi. Oh yeah. He's also twenty one plus one. Wow! Happy late birthday. Oons oons. I could have said it to him yesterday, but <laughs> he'll just have to listen to the podcast now if he wants to get his birthday wish from me. Oh no. Um, okay, tell us about the uh, best part of your birthday party. You can only pick one. Possibly my favorite part i don't know if i'm allowed to say this in the podcast but um okay, we'll cut it out if not. <laughs> <laughs> um you know when we're dancing we just we go all out yeah. we get saucy with it we get down and dirty yeah it sounds a lot more raunchy than it actually is <laughs> but you know we just leave it all out on the dance floor and my sister's gracious housemates um they let us use their space and they mm-hmm. were they were just they were so supportive and everything um, and they kind of came down to just play some water pong yeah. um <laughs> at the end there um and then i just don't think 
they like you know knew what kind of uh kind of riffraff we were because i saw them kind of standing in the corner like what is happening <laughs> in my home <laughs> get out all of you listen i've been working on making that booty move so yeah. it's not it's not cute you've actually been taking classes for it well my classes are my roommate teaching me <laughs> listen my theory no, is I'm, I'm cutting that part out no one needs to know that. no one needs to know everyone should know You're taking classes from a professional no so. that's so embarrassing don't tell people that <laughs> <laughs> my theory is throw ass everywhere in the land somewhere yeah put yeah. that on a bumper sticker no you look you look good yesterday thank you i appreciate you like me you're doing amazing <laughs> my hype woman she oh can she can see past reality <laughs> oh my gosh okay well thank you for catching us up on that um and happy late birthday thank you my again. dear birthday girl she's wearing a very cute hat that emma knitted for her right now shout out emma keller the woman of many talents very many talents yes okay so getting right into it i feel like anyone who has listened to these 10 minutes so far can get a grasp that you are very extroverted oh boy (laughs) (laughs) but like not in a cute way i learned how like unbalanced i am in the pandemic like (laughs) sorry i should just let you ask your question but i like i've actually been really working on how to spend time alone because like that that's that's maturity right there wow like that's maturity in a basket being able to spend time alone and like really um be rejuvenated rejuvenated by it and and thrive in it Um, we're getting that's a skill set i've been lacking but i'm working on it it's hard to be alone i feel like even as someone who's introverted i like being alone but sometimes it's just to escape you know feeling like the fear of judgment from other Mm. people and so even when i'm alone it's not the best feeling yeah i'm not like wow i feel so rested now (laughs) i'm like oh my god i'm missing out on so much but i don't want to go out and talk to people no fomo is real for sure for sure fomo is the worst yeah okay well forget the question about extroversion then (laughs) wait no no no. sorry ask your question go it actually wasn't a question i just have on here extroversion I just want to know, like, well, I guess not as much extroversion, but just about, like, confidence in general, because you are, you, like, exude (laughs) confidence. Oh, my gosh. No. (laughs) I appreciate that. That's so kind. (laughs) Sorry, it's the confidence in me. It just (laughs) flows out. Can't control it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. No, but you, like, are a very confident person in the fact that first of all you invited you like know 135 people to like invite to a (laughs) birthday party but also like yesterday when people were coming like you were so like like so excited (laughs) to see them and like i feel like you are so you're the type of you know i just said you so many times but i feel like everyone listening to this can relate to having friends that you know you can introduce to people and like they'll Aww, hit it off like yeah. you know you have friends where you're like i Everyone's can bring this person everywhere yeah, yeah. yeah and then you have some friends who aren't there's nothing wrong about mm-hmm. it but they're not your go-to person. Oh, no one <laughs> i'm trying to say it in no. like, the least offensive way like i don't even think that they I'm, can they like, can the hold go-to. and interact in spaces yeah. differently and that's exactly. valuable like they're able to like really easily connect with people and that's definitely a skill and i feel like you have that like it's easy to just introduce you to anyone and i remember even the first time we met when I was in Emma's room, like you came in <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, 
I was like, are we are we friends? Like, do I know you already? Because like you make it feel like you have been friends with the person for so long. Um, well, you were very kind. I recall our first interaction, and I think it went basically you were sitting there minding your own business <laughs> with your friend. I totally just like pranced right in. I was like, Hi! I've heard so much about you. I love your podcast. And you were like, nice <laughs> like love lo- love the fans and i was like oh my gosh i'm obsessed with you <laughs> that's basically how it went and then we came up with this idea no let me backtrack you came up with the idea of setting people up on blind dates which Guys, is we'll get to it we'll I get swear. to it i promise it's coming stay yeah, tuned stay tuned maybe like yes stay tuned yeah. we're doing really bad promo but <laughs> you had this totally like it, it was a great idea you had like packaged it well you were thoughtful about it you were you were proposing it to your friend and i totally just like rolled right in i was like i love meddling in people's <laughs> lives let me be a part of this and then we were friends so <laughs> that's it and then we were besties i know no but it's like you thing. need i need the i need that energy because if i didn't meet you then i probably wouldn't have done anything with it and I mean, I have it. we done anything with it so Listen, far? We're we t- getting there. We took phase phase there. phase A phase A yeah phase A and B maybe yeah Thursday we'll see yeah now like people are just trying to step on our brand um, no this is true what the heck pack. is up with that mm-hmm. marriage pack cap daily I mean they're all out, out here doing the Lord's work but yeah <sighs> maybe they'll actually get to matching people up but mm-hmm. anyways <laughs> was I even was that a question okay the question is like what are tips that you have for confidence (laughs) um i'm just so flattered that you ask me i don't know i feel like i just i just i rock and roll i hop and bop i try to razzle and dazzle um the advice is just rock and (laughs) rock and bop what did you say i said hop and bop rock and and roll (laughs) razzle and dazzle shimmy that's it that's all you guys need shimmy and all right, I lost it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I actually, it's funny. I, I used to be, I mean, probably classic middle school, early high school. Like I used to be like really self-conscious and really afraid to like make social contact with people. Um, just really like hyper fixated on myself um, and over like over aware of like social tension and awkwardness when mm-hmm. I was in social spaces um, when I was younger. And I really will credit my sister, my baby sister, Olivia Aww. Abby, um, the other one of the other pink heads running around UVA. Um, and she really taught me a lot about body confidence, just about like being excited about who you are and the package that it's in. Um, and she just kind of <laughs> she really just her little phrase is like my grass is green and you know certainly there's a lot we can talk about in in the the privilege that we have um just given our our background and everything with that but um I think vis-a-vis confidence her um her bit is she just kind of like she rolls with it she's easygoing um and so I just learned from her to be excited about who I am um and to just be use that to be oriented to other people um mm-hmm. because i would in my sort of dynamics with other people I, I used to be like inward facing um which there's certainly a place for introspection but she was able to use it to build confidence and to build connections and so i think now um having learned that from her i do love the concept of bringing people together mm-hmm. like my just like ideal setting is one in which people are in the same room and sharing the same space um and building connections like in a space that they wouldn't have any other reason to connect with the people who are also there Mm -hmm. um and sort of like 
you know, forging new friendships um, when there maybe isn't a lot of common ground or like they wouldn't sort of like naturally overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like when, when people say like, oh my gosh, you're so like, whatever, like confident or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm literally just loud. Like that's not. <laughs> and like plenty of other people do confidence so well in, in so many different, uh, so many different shades. But I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm loud and I'm in people's faces and I just I'm excited about what other people are excited about um yeah. and I think that that has led to um just sort of really getting to know people and and hopefully creating a space where people can be their full selves yeah no I love the saying my grass is green because I feel like that's really how we need to look at things like instead of you know, being scared of what other people think of us or, like, what other people have that we don't. Just being, I think, even just aware of, like, all of the great things that we bring to relationships. And I read somewhere, I'm going to totally mess up, like, the actual quote. No, But they were basically, like, instead of worrying about if, like, they want to be your friend, if they want to be in a relationship with you like worry about if you want to be in a relationship with them (laughs) like i feel like sometimes we're so focused on oh my gosh like does this person like me like what do i Mm -hmm. what can i do to change myself to make them like me we don't even like do we even like them (laughs) like that's like i feel like a lot of times when i feel like like i'm worried about getting rejected Mm. or i feel like someone is like out of my league and i'm like scared to like talk to them Mm. i don't even think about whether or not i actually like them and i want to be friends with them Mm -hmm. i'm just more focused on getting them to like me and getting their approval Mm. and like once like once you like quote unquote get their approval or whatever i feel like you realize oh like this relationship isn't what i thought it was gonna be yeah it then becomes one-sided yeah um yeah i mean my sister and i were just talking about this um and I mean, we've we've grown a lot together, um, and so we have like somewhat uh, similar similar styles of relating. It's key differences, but um, I think she was describing. She just kind of like rolls into like new new connections with just like the hope that they do want to know you. Like you've got plenty to offer. There's there's lots to be excited about, and and honestly, that's not even the main point. Like mm-hmm. the the main point is like this reciprocal. Um, you know doing life together um mm-hmm. and that's a little bit of 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 them and all the things that they have to offer and that's a little bit of you and the things that you're excited about the things that you're proud of of yourself so i think that like at the intersection of the good qualities of two people there can be um a lot of depth and a lot of growth and a lot of joy mm-hmm. and to sound super cliche a lot of happiness yeah. <laughs> that's all we want and this is something that i talked about last week with sarita but it's just the fact that if someone doesn't like you 99% of the time it doesn't have to do with something that's wrong with you Mm -hmm. it's just that you like you don't connect and that's fine yeah that's and that's something that I just need to keep reminding myself so if you're listening to this and you feel like getting rejected or if you feel like you have to like win someone's approval just remember that you not clicking with someone isn't a reflection of who you are as a person yeah it's just you know you're not gonna become you're not gonna click be friends with all thousands of people that you meet yeah for sure I think that one thing that was like really crystallizing for me I someone in my sphere said it um I wish I could attribute it correctly but they were basically just saying that like 
other people are spending a lot less time thinking about you than you're thinking about you. Yeah. Like we can t- kind of tend to get like stuck in a cycle where we're overanalyzing ourselves and yeah. probably nobody else is as preoccupied about that one little comment that you made. Yeah. And I think there's like an important distinction to make there from like taking accountability and like caring what other people think in that sense. Um, like I, I think that we kind of need like two different avenues at the very least for processing other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, one um, on one level it doesn't really matter yeah. <laughs> like you know what you're wearing um some you know the more sort of like s- surface level things you're saying like you know their op- opinion doesn't have to necessarily mal- matter and, and you can mm-hmm. decide how much you let it shape you um and i think that that's like a sort of a different um means of processing social interactions than one in which you're you're a person who can take accountability seriously and you can be um called into sort of unpacking and taking responsibility for something that you've said or something that you've done in some Mm -hmm. way that your intention has not matched up with your impact um and i think it's it's really easy to get those things those two things conflated because on you know the bird's eye view it's just other things that people are saying and i think that you know they can have things things that people say um if it has to do with accountability like it can speak real truth and real power into your life and we want to be able to accept that but other people's just like general commentary of you like Mm -hmm. does not have to have like a a a defining um role in your life yeah exactly and you bring up a good point of prioritizing the opinions of yourself that you take in and i don't think it's narcissistic at all to say you shouldn't care about the opinions of people who barely know you (laughs) like who cares what that person like in your class like thinks about something you said in class what should matter to you are like the opinions of like the people that are close to you Mm -hmm. and the people that you respect and so with that like obviously like in these relationships you already know that you don't have to win any approval or anything and the opinions that they're giving you are because they care about you mm-hmm. um whereas the opinions of random people you they'll come in and out of your life really aren't from caring about you and wanting to improve you they're yeah. really just about mostly projecting things that they're insecure about <laughs> yeah no that was really sp- well said like the difference between sort of hearing things that are hearing and internalizing and processing things that are hard to hear but mm-hmm. are, are said with love and your best interest in mind versus just the whoozy wetsy the yeah. the random commentary that can be filtered out yeah exactly well thank you for sharing some wisdom regarding that <laughs> I don't know how much wisdom there is in there, but <laughs> uh, there's a lot there's of wisdom. Something. We also just need to. This is a direct ad at you right now. Oh my gosh! Just need to accept compliments. <laughs> I feel like that's like a big part of confidence. Yeah. Is that like whenever like someone is like, oh, like even right now when you're like you have a cool setup, I was like, oh, it's not that much. <laughs> like blah blah blah. Yeah. Like something I'm trying to work on, or something that I am working on is just being like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I feel like that can really help improve your... Obviously, I'm not doing a great job of it because I literally just deflected. (laughs) As women, we're socialized to, you know, believe that we... we, It's it's vain or it's conceited to be um, excited about things Mm -hmm. that are are good or that are, I don't know, beautiful in some way. So that's well said. We all have a lot of things that we should be proud of. And so if someone points it out, then you just be like, yeah, Yeah. thank you. Heck yeah. Thank you for noticing. I'm perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Full stop. Put that on a bumper sticker. (laughs) 
that's okay. the main takeaway this is me coming back in while editing to give a trigger warning the following conversation talks about sexual and domestic violence so if that's something that you think will trigger you um or something that would make you feel um uncomfortable or bring up negative emotions in any way then please end the podcast episode here and i will see you next week for another episode of byob um if not though the episode will resume now so (laughs) when we were thinking of topics to cover during your interview something you talked about you were passionate about was empowering survivors of domestic and or sexual violence so do you just want to speak a little bit about to about the work that you've been doing to empower these survivors um most of my work has been um in like various internships or other programs i've worked in the legal system i've worked in sort of centers that are um connecting survivors to various resources and i think also you know another part of this is the statistics are just too high for us not all to know someone who's been affected by domestic or sexual violence. Um, I hope that I'm not misquoting statistics, but I think it's like one in three women have been uh, uh, directly impacted by sexual violence. Mm -hmm. I think it's one in four men. Um, And also the flip side of that, those people who are um, violated or assaulted, the violators. So I think that, again, if if the statistics are that high of people who have been um, assaulted or violated in some way, there is someone making an active choice to inflict that kind of harm. Um, And so we also all know someone who's made the choice to harm someone in that way. Um, And so I think Mm -hmm. that's like another part of the work that there is for all of us, um, even if it's not necessarily in a formal setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I talked about this in one of my episodes, I forget, but I took a class on like the psychology of trauma. Um, And I think it's really important for everyone to be trauma-informed because yeah, for sure like therapists especially obviously but just in day-to-day life like as you said like we you probably know someone who has been impacted by mm-hmm. domestic or sexual harm violence and you know i'm not saying that everyone needs to be like a therapist for <laughs> their friend yeah. like who that doesn't might mean be go diagnose yeah. everyone but <laughs> yeah struggling with ptsd but at the same time it's like important that you're able to be like aware of how like this ptsd may be presenting and how to communicate with them in a way that makes them feel safe with you Mm -hmm. but also like encourages them to get professional help yeah yeah holding space for them but also recognizing your limitations yeah so speaking of that how have you been setting boundaries you said you've been working a lot with people who have experienced sexual or domestic violence. So in those relationships, how do you set boundaries with people close to you who are experiencing or have experienced trauma? Because I think one thing that's important to like remember and touch on is the fact that, you know, you, me, we're not licensed professionals. <laughs> and also True. you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. So what does a conversation like that look for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the first thing I'll say is it, it looks different when it's sort of like your everyday, you know, nine to five is going to sort of support people in the 
probably some of the worst days of their lives yeah um and then like you said like also in in personal relationships um and i think i mean boundary setting i think is important and i i think i always want to start these conversations with the framing um of it's i you know i want all of my involvement to be centering survivors of Mm -hmm. domestic and sexual sexual violence and i have done that very very imperfectly i have um much to learn and and things to take accountability for for sure um but just from my experience um i think that sort of a part of being involved in sort of like walking alongside someone um who's like going through a traumatic um experience or set of experiences is like being mindful of like what you can offer and what you can't and having like open communication with them um on on what that looks like Mm -hmm. Um, and I think one thing that I, I find myself saying a lot, um, to friends, but also like in the workplace when it's appropriate is like, I'm going to trust you to say what you need. And I want you to trust me to say what I need. Mm -hmm. And so certainly all of that is in an effort to like support the person who's again, like most directly affected. Um, but I think that like another piece of that is, is, you know, recognizing, when it's best to connect them to other resources like professional help because you Mm -hmm. certainly cannot be um all things at once but that does not and that doesn't mean that you're you're dipping out just because it's hard like one of my favorite phrases and and things that i really value life is do hard things Mm -hmm. um but that does not mean that you can do everything that you're qualified to do everything you have the capacity to do everything and that is okay um i think like walking with them and and creating space for them to be their full selves um and all that that entails and knowing that trauma really really can distort um a lot of that but it can also um it can also like be a part of their power as they determine as they choose to define that Mm -hmm. um i think making space for all of that and all of its complications um is is sort of like where the supporting role comes in um Mm -hmm. and just being a supporting actor without making it about us yeah i think another another piece of trauma is like when when you're sort of involved um no matter what kind of trauma it is like it's big and it's heavy and it's weighty things so and especially if it's happening to someone that you love but hopefully if it's happening to anybody like Mm -hmm. it affects you um and sort of being aware of like okay i have secondhand trauma like that's a real thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like i would encourage anybody and everybody to go to to therapy um there are definitely barriers to access that we should remedy as a society but Mm -hmm. um everyone who is able to should go to therapy um because sort of being in close proximity to those kinds of issues like you will have sort of like an emotion it will have an emotional impact on you um but one thing i guess i've really learned um is that like my pace of unpacking will be different um from the person who's like most directly involved Mm -hmm. um because often as a supporting actor like I want to think like what are the next steps what like what what can we do to fix this like how can we um like how can can you take steps forward um and and that kind of mindset of like how can I fix this um is probably not matching where they are in their emotional state and Mm -hmm. so again just like recognizing that like to be a supporting actor I want to be going at the pace of the survivor or the person who's being most directly affected um Mm -hmm. and, and not sort of like superimposing um the the level of anxiety that I feel about how I want it to be resolved because a lot of times a there is no resolution and b it's complicated (laughs) yeah thank you for sharing all of that and I think 
you touched on a really important point of just being able to take a step back and just slow down instead of going straight into how can I fix this for you because a lot of times the best thing that you could do for someone who's been through trauma is just listen to what they have to say yeah for sure because if someone is coming to you with something really personal and hurtful or not hurtful is not a word personal and like traumatic that's the word yeah (laughs) what they went through they obviously have like thought of next steps that they can take and you know pushing them to like go to the police or like immediately start therapy or like do Mm -hmm. xyz like going right into that won't help them because sometimes all people need is someone who will listen to them and who will validate them and who will just show that they care about them when someone shares something deep with us our first instinct is to like immediately speak as soon as they're done Mm -hmm. talking and like jumping straight into that instead of like really like processing what they said and how you can best support them and so i feel like we have a fear of leaving like awkward silences or whatever silence is okay but yeah silence can be healing like you can take your time to like think about what they've said and like think about how you want to respond instead of just jumping in and being like oh my god like i'm so sorry yeah blah 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 blah. yeah 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 and i think i mean just even in the way that like we phrase this question and and the way that i think about this is something that's important to me is like empowerment and i'm thinking that power building is a better word um but the whole point of empowerment of survivors um is that they get to make their choices like they have agency um their agency has been taken from them in this traumatic event in which someone made choices on their behalf um that they had no right to Mm -hmm. um if it's sexual violence that's in terms of their body um but oftentimes it involves a whole lot of other aspects of their life but one thing that i i really learned sort of working in um i worked like a little bit tangentially with resource centers but like mostly in um like the legal processes of um like in the aftermath of domestic and sexual violence is like there's such an importance on like acting according to their direction Mm -hmm. because i think like those of us who are standing on the outside like it's it's intuitive like oh the next step is like you must this person must immediately leave their abusive spouse Mm -hmm. and like you know that's out of care and concern like you you want them to be in a healthier dynamic but oftentimes there are so many different strings that are attached to leaving and actually a person who's exiting a um an abusive environment or relationship like the most dangerous time for them is that point of exit mm. um and so we on the outside won't sort of like know the like level of like fear and anticipation that comes up to that point and also like the emotional um nuances of mm-hmm. leaving someone who might say that they love you and might also inflict this level of harm mm-hmm. on you it's it's super complicated mm-hmm. and the last thing we want to do is be making choices on behalf of other people mm-hmm. um and i think that that is easy to do with good intention um but of course we want to be keeping our impact in the forefront of our minds how are we how are we supporting them um and loving on them and holding on space for them um and respecting and honoring their power and their agency mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I don't even have to ask my next question because you already answered it, but it was just about how to best support people who are going through a trauma. And I think, obviously, again, oh my gosh, why am I having such trouble breathing? I think it's because I'm laying down like this. (laughs) 
um, again, we are not licensed professionals in any way. So take, take our advice. Everything with we say with grain several salt. grains of salt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like advice in general for working with a friend who is currently going through or like processing trauma is to one just listen take time like give them space show that you care don't like there's no need to like push or like rush to action immediately and the next is to like learn how to like reflect and mirror language i feel like that's really important Mm -hmm. and that goes back to what you were talking about about control and Mm -hmm. even like if someone is telling us something and we're like oh that sounds like x like this sounds like it's abuse like Mm -hmm. they might not be at that point yet and Mm -hmm. so labeling something for them that they you know haven't quite put a label on for themselves i feel like can be Mm -hmm. really harmful and again i am just a 21 years old (laughs) girl who has no idea what she's talking about no but that's so true i think like just like from personal experience whenever people are like oh you're feeling this i'm like (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> hello uh, <laughs> no thank you yeah. yeah the the mirroring language i think is language is really powerful and there can be words that are just super loaded and um by all means i would encourage you to look up whatever somatic situation you're sort of engaging in there are plenty of people who've done lots of research on like what kinds of words Mm -hmm. might carry more weight for someone who's been um dramatically impacted than it would for you yeah um yeah i really like what you said about um about listening um and like being ready for action but also knowing that you might not know what the best next best action is yeah um yeah language is important um and just i think the the third thing that that i would add is um we have this rule you know about this the the girly gang um we have a new rule um where we we don't say sorry unless it has to do with meaningful accountability because we want to be a community um that's encouraging um you know apologies and and repentance and and accountability and responsibility where it's where it's needed because we all step out of line in different ways at some points but that's different than just sort of like apologizing for taking up space Mm -hmm. and i think again like especially as women like we're but men too very much and um you know people with different gender identities absolutely across the board i think we're sort of told that we we shouldn't take up um shouldn't take up space i think mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people a lot of people with like various marginalized identities that's been impressed upon them mm-hmm. um and i think um it's it's been powerful to kind of say like you know we're we're here to do life with you for all the ups and downs um and if you're you're with walking through um a traumatic situation for someone whom you've you've made that clear i think again just like making the space for them to be their full and chaotic self and and not apologize for it and not feel like a burden um and just like that continue that reaffirmation that like it's an honor to do life with them um in in all the forms that it takes and that them experiencing them this traumatic thing is not something that they like should apologize for Mm -hmm. um that they or that they should be like feel responsible for imposing upon you um Mm -hmm. if you like have that like relationship of trust yeah exactly and that's that's so funny that's something we're talking about in my psych class about apologizing and how it relates to morality because over time like sorry has just kind of lost the value Mm -hmm. of itself because we say it so much like 
a few days ago i dropped something and it was loud so i was like sorry and i was like who am i apologizing <laughs> I to i literally apologized to a chair yeah. the other day <laughs> and like like and that also goes into like whenever we share things with people we're close to about things we're struggling with i feel like we like we feel obligated to be like oh like sorry like for taking like up your time or like sorry for talking about this and stuff yeah like and feeling like an emotional burden yeah it's like like why we need to work on saying sorry less and taking compliments more call me out if you see me out and about i'm working yeah. on it natalie's very recognizable so even if you don't know her <laughs> it'll be either her or olivia and i'm sure yeah olivia it's probably me or my sister there are like five other pinkheads i think we need to have Wait, like really? a, a conference i've literally like, never seen anyone else with pink hair pinkhead coalition i don't know what we're standing for we might have to talk about that but <laughs> you, need a, you need an acronym like bridge ph that's all i got pinkheads <laughs> pink heads pink heads in in lawn in in life in pink heads live in laugh love <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> all right guys we are the oh phillies pink heads in live laugh love <laughs> calling to order the first meeting please <laughs> oh my gosh all right natalie well thank you so much for coming on I of can't course. It's even 45 minutes. That went by fast. It's an absolute honor. Time flies when you're opera singing. <laughs> <laughs> if you see me, just opera sing right back. <laughs> That's a new maiden call. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no. I'm in one of your classes and you're like, ah. and if someone replies to you, you know. It's it's true love. We, there's no need for UVA forced connections anymore. <laughs> That's what we're doing now, guys. We're not doing surveys. We're doing mating calls. <laughs> mating calls. Okay, ready? This is mine. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm a dyke. <laughs> <laughs> That's your mating call. Thank I you for your contribution. <laughs> <laughs> my mating call is like choking noises. I'm like, Bleh. girl. <laughs> that's okay oh my gosh all right natalie thank you so much for coming on thank you for sharing your wisdom with us thank you my dear for having me stay classy stay sassy y'all <laughs> mic drop <laughs> please don't drop my amazon mic <laughs> i am funded by amazon amazon please sponsor me <laughs> jeff, jeff if you're listening to this <laughs> i know you're not the CEO anymore but help a girl out jeff jeff <laughs> Um, all right. If you guys are still listening, thank you so much. And remember to BYOB next week. Bye. You're not going to say bye to them? Oh, bye. <laughs> so close to success. <laughs>